On today's episode, we're going to talk about transgender athletes, the states that have banned transgender athletes from competing in high school and public educational systems. Cece Telfer, the NCAA Women's 400 champion who is banned from competing in the U.S. trials. And today's guest, I have Tara Edmond, a good friend. She has a, a strong opinion on this topic. This is actually a continuation from our discussion that I had with Nisha and Shannon on Not A Status Quo podcast. That episode came out two days ago so be sure to check out that episode tara how you doing i'm doing great thank you for asking how are you today i'm doing well so would you like to introduce yourself uh, hello my name is tara edmund and i'm an avid um sports enthusiast and um very opinionated athletic woman former athletic woman Sounds great. All right. Thanks for joining me. So we talked about, uh, Nisha and Shannon, we talked about um, transgender athletes and gave opinions on what we thought. But before we get into our opinions on transgender athletes, I would like to just kind of go over the states that have submitted laws in their state government. I'll mention those that passed laws and then those that some states vetoed laws are there in recess. So here's a list of the states. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, North Carolina, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and West Virginia. First of all, before I go into more details do any of those states surprise you no not at all (laughs) not at all they're southern states and they're more conservative and you know on this most of the time i do not agree with a lot of the laws they put um forth forced transgender but on this particular issue i'm kind of on in support of them um and i have different reasoning more so than not being discriminatory towards like homosexual gays and anything like that it's more of a biological thing for me as far as opportunities for women um, before we get more going more detail in that regard, so Kansas, Kansas, the governor uh, Lori Kelly uh, of Kansas, she vetoed the bill banning transgender girls from participating in girls' sports. Missouri, Missouri bans transgender transgender girls unless undergoing hormone therapy. The North Dakota, their bill was vetoed by their governor, who said that they already have rules in place to guarantee fairness in sports. And no transgender girl has ever tried to play girl sports in North Dakota. And and that actually um, brings me to mind in part of the discussion that we had on NADA status quo is that was one of the things that I brought up. Are we even putting the cart before the horse? Because is there really an issue that causes these laws to go into place? And the governor in North Dakota basically said exactly what I said. But how many transgender women are actually beating down doors and saying that they want to compete transgender females, should I say, because all the laws are really about transgender females. They're not about transgender men. And so it's so I will be more specific about that. Transgender females that all the bands are about that. I just wonder, are we we making something into nothing? I mean, yeah, it's okay to be proactive, but really in all reality, how many transgender women are asking to compete in high school and collegiate sports? That's just my opinion. I think, I mean, any is any is too many. I mean, um, when it, you think about it, it's just, you got to think about it on the grand scale of things, it, the big picture. 
it's all about male dominance. It's all about men being more like putting a male in a, a male in a female role that is is putting women's sports at a lower scale. That's mean men are taking over. Basically, men are taking over female sports, and then you're just gonna have men, men, and men. But I'm just saying that you know it's basically men against men, and just putting female out, uh, athletes out of everything because they're not they're not already not getting paid as much as everybody else uh, as the male athletes. And then once you start just pushing them completely out, then what happens then? But, but who's saying this is going to push women out of their own sport? I don't think it's that big of a, a issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. you may have one or two that comes in and want to compete, but there are also rules in, in place. So even on my level, we talk about that. There's rules in place where they have to identify, be living as such for more than a year, taking hormone therapy. So it's not like they're going to they're gonna just let any old guy say, well, I'm going to be Joanna man and com- let them compete in the women's league. There are going to be regulations put in place. So I, th- there's no way there will be men on men on men playing in, in women's sports. Okay. If it's only one year, you can do anything in one year. You can decide that it, it's more profitable and more lucrative for you to be. Uh, I'm not saying that you know that transgender people are faking. I'm not. I don't want to belittle their their journey or belittle their stature or things like that. But when it comes down to it, they they are taking the spots of female athletes. When you're competing on the level that they're aspiring to be on, um, especially in the Olympics and things, you're taking that opportunity from a, a, another female, and that's the reason why that we are that there's a reason why men and women do not compete against each other there was rules set up for reason why women and men are not competing against each other biologically now if you go and buy hormone treatments and things like that they have to take a certain amount of hormones and things and and like but then here here here's a sticky situation now you start measuring testosterone levels some women have a higher level of testosterone natural women that are born that way now if we start trying to make the rules it's a pendulous box. We're opening up for all kinds of problems because we start measuring testosterone levels in females compared to other females and things like that. Real women are going to get pushed out for people who have increased estrogen and decreased testosterone levels in order to be able to compete in these or to become women. And so that the women that are naturally have high testosterone are going to be pushed out. And it's, it, it's going to be a bad thing for all of us. I mean, well, it, women it, in general. In, in that case, because... You can prove if you're a female, even if you're you have high testosterone levels, you have proof from birth certificates that show that you were born female. So that is not going to be an issue in that case because you have proof that you were born female. So like some of the states, they require that the ones that have some bans, they're saying that you have to, if you're a transgender female, you have to prove that you, you use your social, I mean, your birth certificate proving if you were born male or female. And if you were born, and if you were born male, then that disqualifies you in that particular, in those particular states. So it won't deal necessarily be with, you know, it won't be just testosterone that's going to eliminate you from the process. That's just for those who are transgender females. But that's the, I know that's those who are transgender female, but then it's going to be one of those things. It's going to take it to another level. They're going to say, hey, 
um, she has a higher testosterone level than I do. And she's allowed and why and I'm still a woman. I'm a woman. If I'm you're gonna treat me as a woman and my testosterone level is too high, that's not fair. See, that's that's what's gonna happen. It's it's gonna it's really gonna evolve into something that's really going to be detrimental. There's a reason why we are separate. There, I mean, so, biologically, there, there's a reason why we have it separated. And they're not discussing this with females in male sports because they put male sports on a higher level than they put um female sports. Like you don't think of, you think of economically how it impacts everything that we everything that we do. And once you hit the college level and things like that and go professional and things like that, like if you have you have men say it starts out, it's high school. We, we, we're not even we're not even um, thinking about anything else. We're just thinking about high school. You have a, 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 a transgender athlete who's who's a man uh, who's transitioned to a woman, a transgender kid who didn't do the, the, the therapies early to prevent them from going through puberty and all this stuff. They go through puberty and then start competing. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you're competing against natural born female women. Now think about it. If you're number three, uh, there's a, a transgender person, you and you can only have two competing. That pushes that third person out, even though otherwise they will qualify to go there. Now that takes away from you being seen by scouts, going to college, making money, maybe even going to the Olympics because you're behind this person. It's pushing women, natural born women, out. It's still. I have to say, you are still a man. I understand. I understand your concern, but why do you feel like it? It is to the point where it's pushing females out. Have you witnessed this personally? Have you seen the numbers? And I'm going to say this: Shannon had has looked at research where it says that women are closing the gap, and when it comes to physicality, yes, it's not still nowhere close, but we are closing the gap. So, what what do you say to that? Like. As the as we as women haven't been competing athletically as long as men, so yeah, they're going to naturally be faster, stronger, and then now that women are having the opportunity to compete, that they are being able to develop just as well as men have developed physically. And so then, at that point, when we're as developing, does that mean um, we're going to just start just? everybody just competing against everybody because if that's what we're going for i mean if, if there's I mean, no there's no no difference between the two then we might as well everybody just compete against everybody no matter what I, as, a, as a female athlete myself i like competing against men so that's that's not an issue for me but i also in, men, in my in my, but, in my in my line of work we talk about inclusivity all the time and that is a lot of universities they have gotten rid of gender specific divisions. So in, in intramurals or whatever, they don't have a women's division. They don't have a men's division. They just have an open division and people can join if they choose to. Um, or they have an open division. They have a women's division. They have a men's division. And then the open division, anybody can join. And that also helps because we have less women competing and being active. And so then if you only have five females who want to compete, you don't want to push them out. So you allow them to compete in the open division. So in my line of industry, and I have in my no line problem of work, with that. In my line of work, we are a little bit more open to that. So anyway, now I want to discuss CC Telfer, who is a transgender athlete who won NCAA Division II 400 meter race. And so her situation is that 
Cece is the first openly transgender woman to win an NCAA title, um, right. who will not be allowed to compete in the U.S. Olympic trials in the 400 right. meter hurdles um, because she did not meet the world athletic eligibility regulations. And those regulations that the testosterone levels must be below five nanomoles per liter for a span of 12 months. Well, before you, before yeah. that, so this, so CC, CC situation is interesting. CC initially competed, you know, on the men's team at division two, Franklin Pierce. She took some time off, came back to compete for the women's team, winning the 400 meter NCAA title in 2019. And the U.S., Track and Field Association are in support of transgender athletes and in support of CeCe, uh, and they'll be open to, to her competing for the opportunity if she meets the uh, world regulations. So what are your opinions on this situation? I, I, I really don't agree with it. I, 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 I am so... I'm against it. I'm I'm just truly against it. Like she was just competing in 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 men's sports. So my thinking is, you have the, the why would you want to compete in women's sports? You say you, you are a woman, and they are there's a they they're, they're separate for a reason. Why separate? That's the, that, that's the question that we must ask ourselves. Why are they actually separated? Why do we separate women from men when we come when it comes to on the level of in professional athletes, in college, and things like that. Why are we still separating? And it's physicality. I think it's development. All those things count for something. They they mean something. And there's a um there's not enough studies biologically to say that, that there's different, but there's a different experiences. We try to compete and put people into like to like. So we're trying to keep people competing against the same as in the same. So that's like even like if you think about boxer and things like that, because we try to keep like and like and make it fair as possible. And I don't I think women competing against men and uh, on that scale, there's no female saying they're going to play in the male sport. Why, why is this not something that that's happening? I mean, it has happened in for years. We had females who were drafted and played professional basketball. Uh, we had we've had girls who competed First. in little league world, you know, baseball world series. You know, so it it happens. It just doesn't happen on a higher level. But I also think society kind of divides us when early on, you know, and I when we talk about sports sociology, you you see that men thought women were fragile and we couldn't compete in sports and that's why and for a long time women couldn't ride bikes because men thought it was damaging to the female body that's a bunch of bull crap well it so, is a, it's a bunch of bull crap and a lot of things so, are a, a, so. a lot of things are bull crap as far as that but if you're not going to do it if it's not going to be universal it's not going to be everybody doing the same thing and then if they're going to still continue then you need to merge them and have one sport for everything have the women competing against men all the time and men and whatever you want to compete however you identify everybody just competing against each other that is the only way you're going to make it fair why are we still separating them if you're going to separate them and you're going to separate women against a women for women and men against men. That's where it needs to be. Okay. Intersex, 
whatever, then you go with the sex that you were born because there's there are biological differences. What there so, like, wait, you, you mentioned intersex. People who are who are intersex are born with both sexual reproductive organs. You can't say we go with what they were born with because they were born with both sexual organs. And that's the only case where I feel like somebody that may be more biological male or more biological female should have a choice to which way they decide they want to go. So your your only concern is transgender females competing in female sports. You don't care or don't have the same opinion for trans male competing in men's sports. Is that correct? As far as what? Males, um, transgender males competing against male? Correct. I do. I don't think they should be competing either. I think you should be competing in, based on gender. I think it, if, if you're going to have different categories, I think you should be competing against what you were born naturally. So in, in, in that in that instance, if, if in that instance, if you have a transgendered male who wants to compete against men, but yet you're forcing them to compete against females and they're taking testosterone, so it gives you an advantage over females. So if you're taking testosterone and you're a transgender male, but you're being forced to compete against girls, that can be considered an issue too. But that's how they're measuring. That's the only thing they're measuring about right now. I did research on to see what were the difference, the biological differences. Testosterone level is the only thing they've been measuring by. They're not going by lung capacity. They're not going by tissue fibers. They're not going by anything like that. They're going by testosterone level. That's the only, I don't agree with the testosterone levels being the measurement at all. I feel like if you're born female, inherently female, then that's what you should compete at. As these transgender women are competing against women who are genetically made different and they they are excelling at this, that is that's to me, that's not an accomplishment. That's like a tortoise tortoise in the hair. That, I mean, it's not like to like, but when it comes to different things like swimming, sports that require stronger lung capacity and things like that, there's a big difference. There's a difference. Height, legs, taller. They're they're going to be different. I'm not saying that a shorter person can't compete, but you're, you're starting off on the same field genetically. We have different different backgrounds. We have different opportunities. If you think about it, everything that we do as women is totally our, our experiences are different. And when we compete and when we we go by our experiences and the things that we come through and, you know, having it's just a different experience how hard you try and different things like that. And how it's just, it's just different. The, the, I mean, in the girl's case that won the NCAA championship, she competed in the male arena and she had no issue. She made it to college. But most of the people are saying that there's an issue with them being bullied and things like that because they're not, they, they're different. A lot of them are overcoming that and they are competing in that arena. So CC took time off. It, the article didn't say how, how much time she took off. It, they, I understand what you're saying. Well, you know, she competed at, as a male athlete prior coming to college, and then she decided to live in her own truth. So in that case, you feel like she's supposed to be out there competing with the males, even though she looks and lives as a female. Right. Okay. Well, I, I don't have as strong of opinion uh, in that regard. And I've, I've mentioned this before, 
uh, on the other episode that either way, I don't know what the right answer is. I am about inclusivity. And so I have a hard issue with um, excluding people from the opportunity to compete and do what they need to do. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but. uh, And I do too. I have, I have, and I I want them to be included, but if they're, if we're going to be separating people into gender, they have to actually have to compete in the gender. That's the only one rule they have. I mean, the, the main thing that separates us, you know, it just it, it's to me if you start allowing transgender female compete against women it's, it's to me it's just like just getting rid of women altogether I, I just I just don't agree with that Tara so um, okay. I, I, I can I, see I, how you say that I, I you, you to to say that transgender women are going to push out women as a whole and there will no longer be women athletes in women's sports that's just you know excessive in my opinion and as of right now right now and 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 i don't even see that in the future i don't even see that in the future it's still it's still hard for even for transgender people to live day to day as far as discrimination and all of that stuff so it'll be very few in my opinion in the grand scheme of things there'll be very few transgender females competing in elite professional sports in my opinion but I don't know again I don't know what the I understand you're you're looking in the future and you think it's going to be an issue and and one thing that keeps coming to mind and I hate that this analogy is even coming to mind but the way you you speak it's almost like it reminds me of affirmative action and you know in in regards to emissions in college enrollment where it's like oh white people are saying oh the black people are going to take my spot they're pushing me out uh negating the hard work that I did put into my academic career negating that I did a lot of extracurricular activities negating that I did community service all these things that go into a decision in my my opportunity to to join a college or be accepted to a university and so I think that was a lot of concern and it still is a concern for people who talks about affirmative action. And that's the uh, one thing that keeps popping in my head. But in here's regard, the thing, you did not. Regards to, but here's the thing, you cannot. Ch- Go ahead. The different, here's the difference between the two things. You cannot make a conscious decision to change your color in order to do something to to make yourself feel a different way or to to identify with what your mind feels i can be a white i can feel white all day long but there is right now there is nothing that i can do to say to change my color when you look at me there's nothing that i can do to physically change the color that i am and to not have that pre that pre disposition if you are transgender there is a day where you can decide today I may be in female and I want to dress and I want my outside to look like my, my inside. I'm, I'm female mentally, but then the next day you can decide, Hey, I want, I'm going to put on male clothes. I'm going to change that about myself. I, we don't, that's, that's the big difference. You have, you don't get to choose being black. But what I am saying is, but, I'm, no, but, I'm saying, but it's a this. It's a disadvantage. But, but, what I'm, but here's what I'm saying, though. 
What mm-hmm. I'm saying is the reason why I draw that analogy is because the person who got into college still got into college because they put in the work. But what you're saying is a transgender athlete shouldn't be considered or able to compete in the gender division the that they feel they should because even though they've put in the work and they still put, you know, they have to practice and everything else just like everyone else but you're just going solely off of biologically you you feel like all men can beat all females that's what it sounds like no that's not what i'm saying if you put in the work i'm no i'm not saying that they can beat them but there's a biological there's a difference there is a difference between the between the two and so therefore if you feel if there's not a difference and all men cannot be why is it so important that you do not why why can't you compete it what's the big deal with you competing against men what's the difference if you you're you work hard and you've gotten you've done the work and you've done everything it takes to be that into that and you have done the work everything is the same as a male and you had the same biological background as a male up until a year beforehand or you competed in male sports before you decide that you want to drop to go to a just another 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 place and compete what's the, what's the difference between you competing in a male category and a female category if you're if you're going just by athleticism and you've done the work why is it so important to 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 compete against females than it is to compete against males i think people want to compete in the category in which they identify so all the talk and like I said, all the laws are only preventing transgender women, transgender girls from competing in women or girls sports. There's nothing that and, and there's no laws against transgender men competing against men. And to me, it is it, because they didn't allow that in Texas. There is because they don't allow transgender males to that is compete not against state. female. That is not a state law. The law hasn't passed in Texas just yet. That is a UIL ruling. That is the governing body for high school athletics, for public school athletics. So as of right now, the law has not passed in the state of Texas. And I think it's wrong on both ends. Male, female, either way. I think if you excel at at something, you should be competing against people that are like alike. So, but, 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 but to them, they're not like alike to that person. They are not competing against like people to them. Right. Until it's okay. But I, and I, and I get that. It's okay. Your child that they're competing against. It's okay, and like people have this 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 rainbow coalition thinking about is uh, everything, but when it comp- compares to your child competing against a male athlete or a female athlete or whatever, and until they decide that it's uh, that they, everybody can compete against everybody, and if you're going to separate them and you're going to award people based on gender, mm-hmm. and that's it, which is basically biological. Right now, the way things are set up or the way that things are set up, if there's not to me, if there's not a problem with you and you want to compete and you want to compete that bad, if you want to then compete. For me, it's like this. If you don't like the way the rules are, it's like female soccer. 
you know, the, the, I've watched documentary of them trying to get gender equality and things like that, how they're getting paid different, less, because they are saying that the women are different from male athletes and female athletes and things like that. Now, if there's no difference, then why aren't they allowing the women to just go compete against the male athlete? And they don't make enough money. They're not doing this. Let them go compete. If they can compete and they, they're just as good. Maybe they don't want to be. Brittany Ground, go play for NBA, the NBA. May, or may, maybe they don't want to. Why? Because they want to, maybe they choose to play with other females. There's nothing preventing Brittany Griner from going to the NBA except for her skill level. Women can, there's no rule about a woman competing in the NBA. There have been women who were drafted into the men's mm. league. There's nothing preventing that. It just hasn't happened. Well, when it does, then I'll, I'll be okay with it. When everybody can play wherever you and they can just say, I'm signing up, for, I'm going to sign up and I want to play. I'm too good to play on the basketball league and, and don't measure my testosterone levels. Don't measure anything. I want to compete. I just want to compete where I want to compete. I'm good with it. All right. Well, thanks, Tar, for joining me in this discussion. You're welcome. You I really any... enjoyed it. I'm glad you did. Do you have anything else that you would like to add before we sign off? Yes, I want to say that I do support transgender equality. I really, I am for transgender people. I just feel like in in this case of sports and athletics and things like that is where it actually is separated for a reason. I just feel that way and but i love my transgender people all right well thanks for joining me on the state of female sports i'll talk to you soon all right everyone you just listened to our conversation regarding transgender women in sport i understand that this is a very sensitive topic for many involved it's a fine line between discrimination and fair play and so i understand that um it is very important to allow all people to compete in a sport who choose to do so and i believe as the gender in which they identify i am against excluding people from competing and there's a lot of information out there you know, in regards to if it's fair to allow trans women to compete, is that fair due to physicality? And so there, there's been some research that I've looked at and in regards to like track and field and speed or races like that versus strength and an elite male who then reduces his testosterone and a transgender female who who reduces their testosterone would then still be considered an elite female athlete. And so there's just so much information out there and it's kind of hard to go through. It's very sensitive and it's a hot topic and emotions can come into play. And I think we need to really sit down and think about why society is in such an uproar or overall or at least the loudest that the loudest people who are saying that transgender athletes should not compete, especially male to female uh, transgender people. And so I think, and, and to me, 
society has been set up to discriminate against women. There's so much inequality between male and female in all aspects of life regarding to pay. Gender equity is huge. And to me, that's just a, a societal structure that has been put into place by men. And so we have to be mindful of those things that come into play. A lot of times, especially as youth, the goal should be that we're teaching these kids to learn the skill set and also those soft skills in which they become and learn how to become leaders, effective communicators, team players, building self-confidence. That should be our focus in regards to our youth. We also have to think about, you know, some people always, you know, have the argument of unfair advantage. So yes, we have these stereotypes and these ideas of what roles our physicality play in sport, but there are advantages at all levels, even within females that compete. There are so many things that come into play. Support, financial support, the ability to train, having access to elite facilities, a coach. So there are a lot of advantages that people have that we don't discuss and that we don't discuss and scrutinize. But when it comes to transgender people, transgender athletes, specifically transgender girls, transgender women, we want to sit there and talk about there's an unfair advantage. With that being said, I'm going to include some resources in the description. So keep an eye out with that. So I want everybody to be informed on everything um, as best we can in regards to this topic. I don't want this to be an emotional discussion or for you to make an emotional decision in regards to transgender girls and women competing in sport. And your opinion is your opinion. That is great. And so I don't think we should um, scrutinize, belittle, um, be upset with people who believe differently. I just hope that you're, you're open-minded and that you are willing to see it from someone else's perspective. I want to thank you for listening to this collaborative effort and discussion between Not A Status Quo and the State of Female Sports. All right, guys. So now it's time for a trivia question. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we haven't had anybody respond to our trivia questions. That's okay. Hopefully it gets better. We're new. I get it. It's a new concept, I suppose. Um, but I'm going to give you the answers to our previous um, trivia questions thus far. So our very first episode in our introduction episode, the question was, what is the name of the very first female sports team? So in 1867, the Dolly Vardens from Philadelphia, PA in the house, an all African-American baseball team became the first women's professional sports team. That's pretty cool. I, I really think that's pretty cool. 1867. An all-African-American baseball team, the Dolly Vardens, became the first professional women's sports team. That's pretty dope, if, you, if I must say so myself. I may be showing my age since I said dope. I don't know. Who cares? It's cool. I'm cool with that. <laughs> and so then the second question was in regards to sports psychology, Dorothy Harris 
is the person who held the first research conference on women in sports. And she became the first American and woman to become a member of the International Society of Sports Psychology. This woman had a lot of firsts, just let me tell you. I mean, the first resident sports psychology psychologist for the U.S. Olympics Training Center. So Dorothy Harris, pretty much the first in regards to the first female um, in sports psychology. Sports psychology has been around for a little bit, and I really think that sports psychology should be part of the training in regards to our athletes. If you're going to train your body, you should definitely train your mind. And then for our re-up episode, um, we asked the question, in celebration of the WNBA's 25th anniversary, um, I asked you to name the 10 athletes who were selected to the All-Decade team. Now, if you don't know, and you may not know just yet, but I absolutely love the WNBA. I was a Houston Comets fan through and through, technically still am, even though they no longer exist. Um, but I love women's basketball. I love basketball in general, but specifically women basketball in the WNBA. And to name those 10 players now for you, Sue Bird, Tamika Catchings, Cynthia Cooper-Dyke, Raise the Roof, Scent was my girl, Yolanda Griffith, Lauren Jackson, Lisa Leslie, Katie Smith, Don Staley, Cheryl Swoops, and Tina Thompson. Shout out to the All-Decade team. I look forward to, to celebrating those women and continue to celebrate the WNBA moving forward. All right, for this episode's trivia question, it's going to be a twofer. What year did the International Olympic Committee begin to allow transgender athletes to participate in the Olympic Games. And who is the first transgender athlete to compete in the Olympics? Thank you for listening to today's episode of the State of Female Sports. Remember to follow us on social media at the State of Female Sports, where we embody, empower, elevate girls and women in sport and females in sport. Like, subscribe, and comment on today's episode. If you have any topic suggestions, email us at stateoffemalesports at gmail.com.